0: Hello, my friends, this is Brian Q. Davis broadcasting from the Sales Warrior Podcast, a conversation about dominating your marketplace without sacrificing your body, your marriage, your children, or your soul. And today's topic is this, a Navy SEAL for the defense of the gospel. Sit back and relax and let's get started. So the podcast has been offline for a little while and the last podcast just preceding this one was one entitled, Who Am I to Make Him Wait? And it was a lesson and a share a testimony of my journey, uh, my spiritual journey to this point. and it was a recording of uh, of what I gave in our little church here in uh, here in Dallas. Since that time, I've been called to teach more, and most of my creative energy around speaking and teaching has been poured into the development of lessons and sermons uh, in service to our little church, and that's why I've been offline from the podcast for a little while. But uh, in retrospect, and in hearing from a number of people, uh, they asked me to to share these. So I felt called to put these on the podcast. And so there's going to be a little series here inside of the podcast. Uh, we'll call it the Sermon Series, where we'll be sharing uh, these as they come online. Um, also got other things, other new insights and revelations in the world of sales and business, of course, and family, and health, and wealth, and all those things uh, that will come along with the the ongoing content of this podcast. But today, uh, I'm I'm definitely feeling that the the call is more than anything and more than ever to point to him, to point to the CEO of the universe. So. Uh, I'm going to share this sermon with you. Uh, this is from uh, a few weeks ago, September 26th, and uh, it's called "Paul, a Navy Seal for the Defense of the Gospel." I hope you enjoy it and find some edification and some encouragement. God bless. As we have been going through this time, um, one of the overarching things, the themes is uh, seek. Uh, wise counsel. So one of the things that uh, that me and some of the other, uh, the other men here did is seek some wise counsel. One of the things that we were encouraged this week to do uh, is that, hey, the church needs to do what the church is meant to do. And there's some basic things that the church is called to do. And he said, uh, this pastor said, read the word, teach the word, worship, pray, give, baptize, and celebrate the Lord's table. So uh, while we may not have a baptism scheduled today, maybe we will God willing, unless somebody wants to we can go to my pool, uh, but and, and the Lord's table is not scheduled today, although we can do that uh, in the coming days, we're going to do the basics. And uh, that's what we're called to do. Um, and speaking of the basics, there's a group of warriors that are the most elite military sports special forces in the world. Um... The Navy SEALs. The Navy SEALs are feared by the enemy. They are able to be deployed in any climate, any time, anywhere in the world, in almost any condition for kind of any kind of mission. Uh, the Navy SEAL means sea, air, and land. That means you can send them by a by a boat underwater. You've seen them popping up through the waves. You can drop them from an airplane. You can just have them march them out across the field. Uh, these men. Uh, defend our country They defend our freedom um, They're willing to die For our freedom They're willing to die for each other um, And if you've ever been around A Navy SEAL or Navy SEALs Which I've in the last year Had the opportunity to do You realize there's some characteristics That they exhibit Specifically Just a few weeks ago I got to train with a, uh, a man named Dan Cirillo uh, he's a decorated Navy SEAL veteran. Um, he serves as a chief of staff for an organization called American Addiction Centers, served on SEAL Team 1 as an operator and an instructor, um, also did, a, did additional tours on SEAL Team 7, uh, and suffered a terrible injury uh, that, that took him out of service, but it took him out of service and he yet continued to seek ways to serve others. Uh, And one of the ways he does that is he uh, works in an organization that helps people that are struggling with addiction. He also has started a fund called the Navy SEALs Fund that helps a lot of these Navy SEALs that come away with with a lot of uh, damage out of the battle. Um, But spending time with him, if I had to characterize some of the qualities that he exuded, would be humility and certainty. And that seemed, and with the other people that he brings along with him to do training, that's a common thing. It's humble certainty. And one of the things he talks about, he says, you know, the reason we're so good, the reason we are so elite at what we do, and the reason the SEALs are so elite is because they're really good at the basics. We just master the basics. We don't make it complicated. We just master the basics. And he has this thing. He says, be the best at the basics, my brother. As he says this over and over again. And so... I'm having you consider that Paul was kind of a Navy SEAL for the gospel. And he gave us a playbook. And that's going to be today's topic as we go to Philippians. So let's just pray as we get into the word. Lord, thank you so much for the blessings that you have given us. You've given us a place to meet. You've given us a place to share your word. You've given us a place to worship you without any fear of oppression or persecution in this place. Um, You've given us brothers and sisters in Christ gathering in one place. You've given us brothers and sisters in Christ that are with us and yet they are traveling. And for those folks, we ask for protection around them and their children. Um, We ask protection around anyone and everyone that's ever been a part of this family at any time. Um, We just ask for blessings to rain down on them today. Uh, Lord, be with us in this time. Let let this time be all about you, more of you, less of us, so that we can recognize and be recharged and equipped to take your word, your message, your forgiveness into the world and bring it to those that do not yet know you. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to go to Philippians. So open your Bibles to Philippians. We're going to be here the entire time. And uh, we're going to talk about this playbook that Paul lays out for us on how to be a Navy SEAL. Now, Navy SEALs, what they're doing, even when they're in attack, they're, their primary thing is defense. It's our national defense strategy. It's not our national attack strategy. Um, their mode is, I'm going to do this to defend. And that was really where part of this... Uh, right at the beginning of Philippians, you have to remember the context here. Paul is in prison. He's, you know, he's, he's in his ministry, but he's been in prison multiple times. He's got uh, the Church of Philippi that he knows is out there, but they're, you know, they're doing pretty well. They've sent resources to him. He's sending a message to encourage. It's kind of a thank you letter. He's like, hey, thanks for what you sent me. Um, here's what you need to know and be encouraged. And he's kind of sending that out. And he kind of gives them this playbook and it's really four parts number one uh in order to, to be a navy seal for the gospel and defense of the gospel number one you've got to be committed committed to act committed to suffer committed to pay a price the defense of the gospel never comes free it always costs number two you've got to set your feet on a foundation Austin, i know you play football i'm finding this out the other day i played rugby Uh, If you're going to make a tackle or give a tackle or make a hit, I mean, Sunday, you might watch some football today. You see the guys that make the good hits and the blocks, they always have their feet on a good, solid foundation. They're never kind of off balance. They're solid. They've got their cleats on. It's dug into the turf. They're solid. We're going to talk about what Paul's advice on setting a foundation is. Number three, be equipped. Right, These warriors, Navy SEALs, they've got all kinds of equipment. They've got knowledge. They've got skill sets. They've got equipment. They've got tools. They've got teams. They've got all these things. We're going to talk about what Paul's uh, equipment list is in this conversation and then what to do with it. Because it's not enough to just be equipped. It's not enough to just be standing on a firm foundation. But you have to move forward and do and have action with that. So let's get into the scripture. And again, this the inspiration for this message really came from, from right at the beginning of Philippians. If we look at <clears throat> Philippians 1.7, we go to 1, seven, and then we're going to move uh, down to around one sixteen. He says, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you because I hold you in my heart. You are all partakers with me of grace, but in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For for God is my witness, how I yearn for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Uh, It is my prayer that you abound more and more with the knowledge and discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. If we jump down here to uh, verse 14, and most of the brothers having become confident in the word by my imprisonment are much more bold to speak the word without fear, and yet some indeed preach... Christ from envy and rivalry and others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. We won't get into kind of what's happening there, but there's other people preaching the gospel. Um, but with a you know, and, and he's saying it's a it's a true gospel, but with wrong intent. That's a whole other sermon and lesson. But the point that, I'm, that, that stood out to me here was this. I am put here to know that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. Have you considered that if you are a brother and sister in Christ, you are also put where you are to be in defense of the gospel? Now, what, is that, what does that lead to? Right there in verse 20, or we'll go down to verse, uh, let's see, the verse, end of verse 18. Yes, I will rejoice, for, know, for I know that through your prayers and the help, of, help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be ashamed and that with full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body whether by life or by death. So he's already making an illusion that he knows that his life is on the line. He's in the prison. He's got some, you know, his ministry inside the prison is already having an impact on the guards and the families and it's just Holy Spirit is moving there and yet he knows He's quite aware there will be a cost. But he's okay with it. He's okay with it. And if we go to 27, the thing he admonishes the Philippians, he says, and this is something that the Navy SEALs would tell you as well, one of the things, the lessons that uh, that Dan taught is he said, one is none. He's talking about clearing a room. We, were, we actually were working on clearing these rooms, going through a house where you clear rooms of Bad guys, and you you have to go through as a team. And he said, one is none and two is one. In other words, you never try to take a room alone. Well, Paul is saying the same thing. Only let your manner of life be, and this is, I'm sorry, verse 27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or, or I am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in what? One spirit. One spirit. Not two spirits, one spirit. Not one, not not two people trying to take two different rooms at the same time, not working together, but one spirit. And with what? One what? One mind. Striving how? Side by side. side, by side. Again, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Side by side would have really resonated with the retired Roman soldiers that lived in Philippi. There had been a big battle that had happened there. And it's it was kind of the place where the Roman uh, Republic started to become the Roman Empire. There's a lot of soldiers here. That would have resonated with them. But Paul is calling us to do the same thing. He's saying, strive what? Side by side. Not one one is none. Two is one. That's two people taking a room. As two people clean, 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 uh, cleaning a room. Or more. But at least two. Because you can't be side by side by yourself. Side by side for the faith of the gospel. And what? When you're side by side, you are what? Not frightened in anything by your opponents. For this is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation and that from, and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also what? Suffer for, him. Suffer for his sake. So right back to, guess what? <coughs> Don't be afraid. Go side by side. Be prepared to pay the price. But be okay with that. It's one of the ways you know you're actually doing work. It's one of the ways you know you're actually defending something. Because there's a cost. There's a price. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now near that I still have. So guess what? You may be suffering, but you're not alone. I'm suffering way over here in Rome. You're suffering way over there in Philippi. There's other people suffering everywhere. And uh, this, there's, a, there's, a, there's another part of this which says, we jump down to uh, 14. He says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. If you're suffering, don't complain about it. There's, that's part of paying the price. If you start to complain about the suffering, then you're kind of saying it's about me and instead about him. Now, he calls for us to unify in one mind. He says go side by side, but how do we do that? Like practically, how do we do that? And he gives us instructions. Again, every answer, guess what? Every answer that we could ever look for in life is right here. Every answer, we don't need to go anywhere else. We don't need to add anything to it. We don't need anything. It's right here, everybody. Um, it's all here. The playbook, if we go investigate it, look, like, look, for, look for it like we're looking for silver, we will find the answers. But let's, add, let's ask the question. He said he, his instruction is to unify in one mind. But how? And if we go down to 2, one, five. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, Having the same what? Love. The same love. Like this isn't a war of collisions and attack. It's a war of love. It's not a war of dropping fire and brimstone. It's a war it's a war of, of hugs. And that's hard. Being of full accord and in one mind. Okay, cool. I get it go with love, with my brother and sister, in one mind. How do I do it? He tells you. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, here's how. Step number one, count others more significant than yourselves. And then, let each of you look not to his own interests, but to the interests of others. thing about yourself. Turn your focus outward. We had a prayer walk the other day and Papa Ron's takeaway was, he just heard the words look outward. Guess what? That's sound, that's sound doctrine. Look outward. So I'm going to ask you two questions. Two questions to ask yourself. Take a note if you're taking notes or if, you're, you know, if you've got your phone, write these down. If you don't want to answer this right now, in fact answer Somebody's going to come to your heart. Where right now am I con- con- counting myself more significant than others in my life? Where right now am I counting myself more significant than others? And then number two, he says, look to the interests of others. Whose interest should I be looking to today? Who's one person whose interest I should be looking to today that I'm called to, but I'm not? Somebody's gonna come to your heart right now. Whoever that is, mark that in your mind, mark it in your notes. Don't let it evaporate. Because that action, the action of considering someone else's interest, that action of uh, counting someone else more significant than yourself is part of what will unify us right here in this room. Shoulder to shoulder, striving side by side. That's not easy. Our ego doesn't want to do that. Our pride doesn't want to do that. But I encourage you, punch those things in the face and do it anyway. (coughs) So what? He says that. Paul says, anyway, I'm going to get, we're going to get to it. Where he kind of goes, what then? That's the, that's the equivalent of saying, so what? Do it anyway. Um, and like he says, do all these things without grumbling or disputing. That you may be blameless and innocent. This is verse 14 and 15. That you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among who you shine as lights in the world holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. So just like if you meet a Navy SEAL, that, those men, if you've met them in a crowd, you're in a party and there's one Navy SEAL over there, most of the time the experience energetically with that Navy SEAL is going to be different than kind of the general population. He's telling us that we are meant to be different than the rest of the population. As sons and daughters in in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. We should be different. We should feel different. We should act different. In the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. See, sometimes evangelism isn't about what you say. Sometimes evangelism is about what you don't say. Sometimes evangelism is about just your willingness to be there and be aware. There's that person. I see them. And perhaps in that space, you might actually say, whoa, I see something more about that person than they can see themselves. And when that little spirit, that little, that little push from the back, a little, you, we've all felt, who's felt that little, like a little, <laughs> and many times we kind of stiffen our shoulders, like, uh, oh, did not want to do it. Like I'm encourage you when you get that little push, Act on it. Those are reps. It's like a bench press, Push-ups, burpees, whatever. Reps, those are all reps. There's an opportunity for a rep. And Paul is telling us, when you get the opportunity to take the rep, take the rep. So don't complain when you're suffering. But here's the thing. Sometimes, you're gonna suffer, and it's gonna feel like you're kind of alone. Or we're alone. You might be side to side with somebody, but you might be looking around. You might be like, man, it's just me and him or it's just me and these two people or it's just us in this room. Because, look, he, he calls out. He talks about in verse 19 right here. He's talking about his man, Timothy. And what does he say about Timothy? He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may that I, too, may be cheered by news of you. For what? For I have no one like him. What's unique about Timothy? Who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all, everybody else, they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ, but you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how it will go with me and I'll trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. But he's talking about, look, Timothy Man, Timothy, this, this, this guy, he's rare. All the other people around me, not like him. Right, so when you're in this fight, when you're going to war, when you're defending the gospel, you may find yourself in a place where you're like, where's help coming from? Where's, my, where's the Timothy? And, and it could be you as a person. It could be us as a church, right? We could be going, where's the Timothy? Well, you know, they're there. They're out there. But just know they're not on every street corner. They're rare. They're a rare commodity. Salt and light is rare. Salt and light is rare. And that's what we're called to be. That's, that's, we're called to be that. And then he's got another example here with uh, Aphrodite's. My brother and fellow worker and fellow, look at the terminology, soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. Now, what happened to Aphrodite? Indeed, he was ill near to death, verse 27. But God had mercy on him, not only on him, but me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him. Therefore, you may rejoice in seeing him again, and that I may be blessed. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. Why are they honoring him? For he nearly died for the work of Christ risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me risking his life it's easy to sit here on Sunday in a safe church in a safe country with Navy SEALs out there making sure we don't get blown up it's a tough question to ask yourself would you die for the gospel we're never faced with that but I think it's a worthwhile question Would you die for it? Are your feet on enough of a foundation to take a bullet for it? It's not a question we're faced with, but it's a a worthwhile question to ask. Ephroditus was. Timothy was. Paul was. The examples we've been given were, and certainly we know, our King and Lord Jesus was. So what right now in your life This would be my question to you. What right now in your life are you risking for the gospel? What right now in your life are you risking for the gospel? Now, it takes commitment, it takes a willingness to pay a price. But how do we set ourselves on that foundation? Okay, I'm, I'm in. I'm ready to go. Okay, I feel it. I'm ready to pay a price. I'm ready to sacrifice. I'm all that. But then how do I get set? How do I set my feet? And he gives us a formula there too, because again, all the answers we need are right there as long as I stay in the right page. Uh, <clears throat> he says, if we go to uh, chapter 3, verse 2, he says a couple things look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are, the circ- we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Jesus Christ and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks his reason for confidence is in the flesh, I have more. And what's he saying here? He's saying, he's saying, don't put your confidence in the phrase, look what I've done. Look at my achievements. Look at anything about what I have accomplished Because he's basically saying, he goes. He lists out. Paul lists his trophy case right here. Watch this. I have more circumcision on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever I had gained, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. My trophy case is worth nothing. My accomplishments, nothing. It's refuge. It's garbage. If I'm trying to set my foundation of my feet on any of that. I'm gonna get knocked on my rear end. I'm gonna get crushed by the enemy. I have no, I'm standing on ice. I'm standing on thin ice. Trust me, I spent a good portion of my life standing on the thin ice of the best sales guy, the top salesman, all of that nonsense. The biggest number on the sales board. Like that's, I, I, I worshiped at that idol. And I had to get knocked, course corrected by God to realize what I was doing. But he's saying, look, take all your religious stuff and all the things you think you've accomplished, all the classes, seminars, whatever it is, and it's nothing. So don't think that you can set a foundation on any works. He says what? He says also, look at who says this. Look at who are the people that say, look at what I've done. Who are they? Dogs. Specifically, he's talking about the Judaizers and Idolaters and all—all all those people and, and, and dogs were—they didn't—they didn't like dogs back then. Fortunately, that's changed. Look out for the dog. I like dogs, but uh, but he says, look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the set—the flesh. The mutilate the flesh with the circumcision party coming around, saying you've got to do this, and other horrible things. Those are the people. Those are the ones that stand on the farm foundation or they what they believe to be the foundation of here's all the stuff I did. Here's all the stuff I did for the church. Here's all the stuff I did for the charity. Here's all the stuff I did for my family. How about that, men? How much do we do under the guise of I'm doing it for the family? God doesn't need us to do anything. We give ourselves that little license to kill, right? I can, I can do I'm doing it for the family. God doesn't need us. Doesn't need you, doesn't need me. God will take care of our family. God will take care of the church. He's saying what? He's saying, don't put your feet on any of that. It's worthless. He says, I count all my trophy case as loss. I throw it in the trash. So, my question to you is what achievements right now in your life are you setting your feet on? Is it your success in business? Is it your bank account? Is it what you've done for some charity? Is it your marriage? We set our feet on a lot of things. There may be good things that might, there's nothing wrong with those things, but if we're standing on that, it's gonna fail you at some point. You're gonna have to be picking yourself up. Guess what? We're encouraged when we fall down to get ourselves back up. But it's, the first step of that is being aware. Like, I had an awareness thing last, uh, last year. Right? Who remembers the 40% stock market decline in like three weeks? You guys remember this? It was like, just before that, I had been looking at my mint going, oh man, I, you know, good thing, I put it in that index fund, that was good, good decision, you know, well done. You know, Pat myself on the back for picking the right index fund and then COVID happens and then 40% decline and I was like, wow. Look at the little endorphin hit I was relying on every time I checked my you know, Vanguard idol exposed instead he says set your feet set your feet in defense on what on the faith verse seven but whatever i had whatever gain i had i counted it as loss for the sake of christ indeed i count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing christ jesus my lord for his sake i have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish my trophies are nothing in order, to, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of what? Of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes, what? Through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in, in his death, and by, that by, all, by any means possible that I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Okay, Got it, Paul. Thank you. Don't rely on my trophies. Rely on faith in Jesus Christ. Got it. Everybody clear on that? Clear? Clear? Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. But how? Well, guess what? Paul never leaves you hanging. He gives you a formula. What does he say in verse 312? Not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect. Man, I'm, like, this is Paul, the most you know, elite Navy SEAL of the New Testament. And, hey, I don't have this sorted out. I'm not perfect, man. So don't like, I'm trying my best here, just like we all are. But I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own, thank God. Brothers, I do not consider that he's like he's reiterating. He's like saying, guys, I'm not saying I got this. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do. Here's your formula: forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting what lies behind and straining for what lies ahead. As long as we're looking for behind us and we're trying to walk, what are we going to do? Stumble, run into the wall, run into other people, hurt other people, hurt ourselves. Paul's direct instruction says, this is what I do. I do one thing. He says, I forget what lies behind, and I'm straining forward, athlete-like. Like, like I just think of the, you know, go see another football today. Pushing forward, straining forward for what lies ahead. And my question to you is, what's one thing that you know you need to forget? And let go of What's one thing in your life right now that as long as you're focused on it and still holding on to it, you know it lies behind and yet you're still holding on to it. I know I've got things that need to let go of. Every day we're holding on to those things that are behind us. We are just carrying extra weight for this mission that he calls us to do, which is to strain for what lies ahead. He says, I press forward towards the goal. For the prize, it's very athletic, like a cheat. I mean, he's, he's talking to athletes. They were, they were <clears throat> big athletes in, in Philippi. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And let us, the, let us who are mature think this way. But if anyone, anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. So Then there's some bad news There's some bad news because the truth is Not everyone in our lives not everyone in the world is going to make it Can't have the good news without the bad news It's not popular It's not easy and it hurts And you can see that it hurts Paul too. He says, brothers, join me in in," verse 17. Brothers, join me in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have told you, often told you, now, now tell you even with tears. He's in tears writing this letter. This letter is tear stained by Paul. He's crying. He's crying in prison. I mean, I had this vision. He's crying. He's sitting there writing this. He's he knows the people he's thinking about. He loves them, and his eyes are teared up, and his tears are dropping on this page. He says, "Even now, I tell you, even with tears, walk." I tell you, even as tears, those walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their god is their belly and the glory and their shame, with mind set on earthly things. We had a walk and talk the other day, uh, Papa Ron. Using some great um, South Georgia vernacular. He said, You know, it was right in line with that look outward. He said, You know, because oftentimes we find ourselves contemplating our navels. I say, That's right out of Scripture. He says, For those who worship their bellies, right here. For those who, their God is their belly. Uh, look at me. They say it different in South Georgia. Oh, <laughs> contemplating our neighbor, that's that good southern, you know. <sighs> he's, but he's saying, look, what is our action for those people? We're going to see it. Like, if you want to find one of those people, turn on the TV for like one second. Look at any reporter. Look at any contemplator, any pundit. Look at all of the, like the politician. You can, they're, they're a dime a dozen. Look outside, right? We've got these people in our lives that are close to us. We've got these people that we work with. We've got these people, just find one on the news, Right? They're worshiping themselves. They count themselves highest. They lean on their own understanding. They are not putting their ways before the Lord. They're not seeking the Lord's ways. They're seeking their own ways. And that is the systems of the world. That's what everybody's telling us to do right now is, don't worry about what God says. Let me show you the system that the world says is the right way. And I've got a whole media, AKA mediums, to try to convince everybody. Their path is destruction. Their end is destruction, and Paul yet weeps for them. So, what is our response to that? What is our response when we think of that enemy of the cross that's in our life? We weep for them. Weep for them. We weep for them. We pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for the enemies of the cross. God, tell, I mean, Jesus says, "Pray for your, you know, love your enemies." That's hard. That's hard. It's a hard thing to do. The minute you love your enemy and literally love your enemy, they lose all power. They can't affect you or you're bulletproof. So if you want to find one of those today, like I said, turn on the news or open Facebook. You'll find one in about two seconds. An enemy of the cross. My question to you is who is one enemy right now? I just want you to get present with where you're at right now. Who is one enemy of the cross today that you know personally that you're committed to pray for today? Who's that one person that's an enemy to the cross that's in your life that you can pray for today and perhaps weep for? The act of doing that is not for you or not for him. It's, it's for you. So, we know how to set our feet on foundation. Not on works, but on faith. How? Letting things go behind us. Striving forward doing Paul's one thing tactic. And then he finally gives us kind of six battle tactics. Real quick, we're going to go through this. I don't know what my time is. Doing pretty good. Pretty good. What time is it? Okay, good. All right. So we've committed ourselves. We've set our feet. But then we've got to be equipped. Navy SEALs don't go into battle without equipment. And he gives us a formula in uh, chapter four, verses four through nine. We're going to break these down. He says, "Number one, rejoice in the Lord when." Always. And then he says it double again. He says, "Again, I say, rejoice, rejoice how, rejoice how in the Lord." In the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. That's equipment. Not when it's perfect, not when it's, everything's going right. Do it when it's going right, but do it when it's going wrong. Do it on the peak, do it in the valley. That's part of your equipment, that rep, that training. Number two, he says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Let your reasonableness. I, I look, look this up. The word reasonableness encompasses a lot in here. Is if you expand it, it really it, the, the the meaning of the word is talking about mercy and leniency on the failures of others. So it's one thing if you've been transgressed, transgressed against. Um, but he doesn't just say like be lenient and have grace. He says, do what? Let it what? Let it be known. So it's not enough for you to go in your heart like, I forgive this person or that. You have to be known. Emory, we got to throw ropes. You've got to do this. You've got to do something with it. You've got to broadcast it to those people and others that that, that, that your reasonableness in that is known. Number three, third piece of equipment. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So what that is is an exchange. Your anxiety and your fear cannot occupy the same space as your prayer, your supplication, and your gratitude. Do you guys get this? Fear and anxiety, and what he's calling us to do is... You know, it's like at the casino, not that I go to casino. But if you got a casino, if you were going to, you get your chips and you push them in, and on the other side, I'm going to get something different. He's saying, take your fear and anxiety, trade that in for supplication, thanksgiving, and prayer. Supplication means on your knees level humility. On your knees level humility and gratitude to God. They can't exist in the same place. So if you want to change your state, if you find yourself in anxiety, if you find yourself in fear, or if you know someone that is, like, you can't, these two things can't simultaneously exist. Start thanking God for the blessings, like we talked about last time, uh, John, the blessings, right? It's, the blessing can't exist in the same place as anxiety. Paul tells us that. Don't go into battle with anxiety. Replace it before you go forward. So where is one place right now you need to exchange anxiety and fear in your life for gratitude, supplication, and prayer? What is the result of doing that? Watch this. God gives you some air support. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will do what? For your hearts. Guard your hearts. Exchange your anxiety for supplication, prayer, thanksgiving. And in return, what do you get? You get a guard standing at your heart. Not letting the enemy come in from the side. That little voice that says, you're not worthy. You're not good enough. It's all going to fail. You should quit. He bounces off that guard. Because God says right here, it's a guarantee. God doesn't make, he always meets his guarantees. It says it right here. The God of peace will be with you. The peace of God, peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Number five. Now, Navy SEALs. I know um, Greg. You probably you know some about some a little bit about this, and Mike. You guys are know things about weapons. Um, one of the reasons the White Navy SEALs are so good is they believe in something called front sight focus. Who knows what that is? anybody? Okay. Front sight focus is when you are focusing a weapon, you're not looking at the target, you're looking at the point on the end of the gun. It's one of the reasons Navy SEALs are so lethal with their like they become. You can instantly make yourself a better shot doing this. Paul actually calls out for us to do the same. What does he do? Right here in verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, aka put your focus, your front sight focus on these things, not the target. The Navy SEAL, when he aims his weapon, doesn't look, doesn't see the target, doesn't look at the target. He sees his sights. Paul's calling us to do the same thing. Paul's calling us to do the same thing, to think on these things. Think on these things, and when you have learned and received and heard them and seen me, do what? Practice these things. It's not enough to just hear. You got to do. You got to do. The reason the Navy SEALs are the best in the business is because, yes, they do the basics, but they do tens of thousands of reps of the most boring, tough, monotonous things. Frontside focus, one is, one is non, two is one, muzzle discipline, like all these things that if they don't do it right, people get killed. But they just spend their time doing these hard, boring, monotonous work, agonizing, but at the end of the day, it puts in them in a position to defend and go anywhere and be durable because that's what the end result of executing these tactics is. What does Paul tell us? In 4 13, sorry, 4 11. Four, yeah, chapter 4, verse 11. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. When you do these things, you have the solid foundation and you can be deployed. Watch this. I know how to be brought low and I know how to be know how to abound in any and every circumstance. Not some circumstances, every circumstance, just like a Navy SEAL, drop you anywhere, go after the mission. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger and abundance and need, and I can do what? All things through him who strengthens me. Amen. All things. Not some things. All things. That's a great, that's a great verse, right? We see it on, it'll be on Instagram today. You'll see somebody post that. I can do all things to strengthen me. I can do all things to strengthen me. There's a difference between saying that. There's a difference between reading that. There's a difference between and then knowing that. Like that's. Like, that's hard to know. It feels good to say it, but like, I can do all things? What do you mean? This little thing, is it worthy of all things? This huge thing that seems impossible, this terrible situation that we're in, that somebody's in or some family member, whatever, whatever the the world is in, I can do all things. The Navy SEAL, when he gets deployed on the mission, never goes, well, I'm not sure if I'm ready for this mission. Dan will tell you. You take the SEAL Team One, SEAL Team Seven. They don't. You don't ask them. They don't. You don't survey them about where they're going to go. They get told, "Hey, hostage situation in Zimbabwe. You're going two hours. Be on the flight. Off you go." That's about how much time. You know, they, they don't get a t- lot of time to debrief. They're just like, off, go. They have to be ready for all missions. And what my encouragement here is is that we are also called to do the reps. To, to, to make sure and ch- check ourselves to see if we are truly committed to the defense of the gospel. If we're truly committed to pay the price, the price is that will come in our lives. And yet, what? We do what? We count it all as joy. Because when we suffer, we're suffering right along the same suffering that Paul and Timothy and Aphrodite and Peter, all of these guys suffered. Think being a Christian is easy? No. Being a Christian means you're instantly marginalized in the world. It is the salt and the light. You're in the minority. And yet we're called to be equipped. We're called to be equipped to go on any mission and bring the light that we have so graciously been given, the forgiveness that we have so graciously been forgiven and we have knowledge of, and bring that light, that salt to those who are in darkness, our brothers and sisters that are in Jesus Christ, that are in darkness, and then those that are still out there that just don't know, that just don't know. And if we ever had like a sense of urgency, we need to know the day of the Lord is at hand. He says right here, the day of the Lord is at hand. He's not waiting around. It's coming, it's a guarantee. So our mission protocol is to move now, today. And it could be as simple as whoever the person was that came up on your heart on any of these questions, it could be that simple thing today. It could be the little text message. It could be the phone call. It could be just sit, get on your knees and pray for that person. Whatever that thing is, my encouragement to you is take whatever you heard here, whoever that person is, and do something with it. That is a rep. That's a rep in the basics. And as uh, my, my friend and brother Dan, Dan Cirillo said, the Navy SEAL Master Chief, he says, be the best at the basics, my brother, and that would be my encouragement to you. Seek to be the best at the basics, my brothers and sisters. Let's pray, and then our wonderful musicians are going to come bless us with a couple more worship songs. Dear Lord, thank you for uh, thank you for Paul. Thank you for Paul sitting in that prison in Rome, being willing to get a get some parchments. However, it happened write these words down that in 2021 they could come all the way to us. This little instruction booklet given to him by Jesus Christ and then him to us and the Holy Spirit carrying that through the infallency, and, 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 and inerrancy of Scripture all the way to us today. That we get to have a playbook and get to recognize that no matter what question we have about our life, no matter what fear on anxiety what no matter what miracle we might be seeing that we have a playbook and it's called your holy scripture it's called the bible we thank you for that and that it's in our hands and that we can be here together today together and worship and do the basics that you have commanded us to do to worship to teach the word to pray read the word and seek the baptism and connection of lord the lord's supper with our brothers and sisters as we go forward as a as a body thank you we love you send jesus name we pray amen